Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey guys, I'm Casey Boat and we're back from Daytona with lots to cover. Brad Kozlowski stirred up controversy after turning William Byron to start the weekend in practice. Ross Chastain and Brett won Friday's Xfinity race, so we'll hear tons about that celebration. Contact between Clint Boyer and Austin Dillon triggered the infamous big one. And Justin Haley miraculously won the rain-shortened cup race. Door Bumper Clear starts right now. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Hey everybody, I am TJ Majors, spotter of the 22 Cup car, 99 truck, and uh, watch out for this guy next to me. Spotter Brett Griffin, <laughs> spotted for race winning Ross Chastain and Clint Boyer, who was in position to potentially win the race up until he wasn't in contention anymore. Casey. Hi, guys. I'm Casey. What's up? Welcome back What's to up? your third show of the year. Hey, girl. Okay. Did you any wedding photos I this morning? I <laughs> I didn't have time because I was at the <laughs> office, but don't you worry. I thought about it. All right. There is zero doubt in my mind that it crossed your mind. I would just like to say that more people stood with me and said to keep posting them. Because you're hot. That's the only reason. It was all guys taking your side because you're hot. All the females were like, yeah, it's kind of dumb. I would like to call. That is such a lie. That's all the, twi- all the females like to took my side. give a shout out to Megan Craft because she had a great point when she tweeted back at you and said, what happens if I, what would have happened if I was wearing a bikini well, on my wedding day? I would you be still be saying not to post any more wedding photos? I get to see all the bikini pictures from your vacation that you're still <laughs> tweeting about. So I'm, I'm yeah. When did I post on my vacation? Uh, when I was on on vacation. Four seasons. Look at me. Look when at me I was on my vacation. This is my tan line. Look at me. You guys suck. Okay. I'm just There's kidding. Li- I, you were on my side. You texted I, me on my I side. I said, hey, that's cool. You should post more. Thank you. All the women. I was trying took to get him started up. And all the men took your side. I don't think that's true. That's how it happened. I saw it. I got a tally. Were you drunk <laughs> when you phone. tallied them? Probably. <laughs> Probably buzzed. All right. Well, there you go then. There you go. So uh, how was Daytona? <laughs> it was hot. It was wet. Moist. Moist. Oh, a lot of moist word. racetrack. Extremely humid. Sounds well, like Florida. Yeah. Florida's um, a moist state. The grilled oysters at Oyster Pub are still very good. Don't eat seafood. Oh, the best. Who? Why? Who? Why do, how do you not eat seafood? I'm from Buffalo. So <laughs> we have, y'all have we a lake have. right there with fish in it. 
Yeah, fish. Like that's not that's sea. Seafood. Not really. It is. It's no, still fish. That's fish not is the fish. same. That is not the same. What? Well, when's the last time you had a Lake Erie shrimp? You don't eat any <laughs> seafood at all. Nah, nah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't mind shrimp. Scallops. Like, Nope. Lobster. I'm hungry. Uh, I will eat probably shrimp and lobster. Okay, so that's shellfish. All right, now tuna. Uh, Are we going no, down the we'll line? Go fish sticks. <laughs> salmon. Fish sticks. Fish sticks. Oh, <laughs> salmon. Fish sticks buried in ketchup. No fish. salmon. No fish sticks. Tilapia fish or whatever they call that. Like, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing that fish sticks is the equivalent to like bologna. It's all the crap off the yeah, fish pretty that much. nobody wants to eat that they process together and then yeah. drop it in a fryer. That was. Uh, I haven't had fish sticks since I was probably. Um, Ten, but uh, yeah, I mean it says fish, so it counts, right? What did y'all see that? It's not seafood. Donor just crawled across the floor. <laughs> <laughs> he's a team player. He, he is he's sacrificing his body for he, this show. He does not want to be in the shot, so he's army crawling across the floor. Yeah, good job, donor. You learning to walk, good boy, buddy. <laughs> see that picture that uh, donor put in the group me last week? The guy that was working behind us while we <laughs> were doing funny. the podcast. He was really oh, getting the, deep inside the, the car. Uh, he had the plumber dress code going. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you uh, do you wear your plumber pants a lot? You do. I, I figured you did. Most uh, guys know what plumber dress code is, right? Where half your crack's showing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. would say. I don't know why I didn't just tweet the picture instead of just putting it in our group me. It's a lot. Just put it out there for everybody. That guy had a great butt. Crack is bad. <laughs> Uh, kills, bro. I think yeah. for the sake of everyone else, he did not. Do yeah, that. I mean, I'm I'm with you on that one. But uh, now Daytona was. Um, What'd you do um, during the Xfinity race? Uh, I was there until it got delayed for a long time, and then um, just watched it on TV. Yeah, I was gonna go up to the roof and watch the beginning of it. You know, first couple stages or something, see how it went, and. Um, but it, you know, once it gets delayed so long, we had a couple other people riding with us too. How thrilled were you to get to to get up on the morning of July Fourth and fly down to Daytona just to practice? Uh, I mean, I know this stuff cycles, and I know it cycles one day every year, and uh, you know that'll it'll slide back around. Obviously, we're not going back there in July ever, or in the upcoming schedule. I don't know if Indy will be much better. Um, it's just different, you know. I. I've seen um, – I'm kind of torn. Like, I'm kind of excited for Daytona to be a cutoff race, kind of. That's going to be wild. It's going to be nuts. Um, action-packed, tense. Um, people are going to be – there's going to be a lot of emotion that weekend. Yeah. Somebody's going to end up being really mad. Um, no different than normal. But just 4th of July and Daytona just seems to fit with me. I mean, it's it just – it's a perfect match. You know, uh, you, it's just fun seeing all the fireworks on the beach. There's tons of people there. Um, it's just fun. Like I, like we talked about on the last show, we used to have that week off before, which is probably great. We don't anymore, but that like set up to a, you know, that led into a great 4th of July week. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just cool. I mean, I, I like being down there during the fireworks and, and, but where were all these fireworks you speak of? I didn't see the track shoot any off. They shoot any off yesterday after the, after the cup race. It was the victory lane was inside. The so. lightning was the fireworks. Yeah, oh, I don't think yeah. they were allowed to do fireworks. So the Xfinity race was called the Firecracker 250. I I, I was driving to victory lane, but did, did they shoot fireworks then? You know what they should have done? Light off. I don't think they shot any fireworks all weekend. They should have lit off two hundred fifty thousand firecrackers. Why didn't they have a July Fourth fireworks show at the racetrack or something? Because there was one two miles away on the beach. You got to give the fans a reason to want to be at the track, and our practice sessions aren't doing it. 
I think it's um, my thing is if we're going to go down there on July fourth, then give the fans a reason to be at the racetrack, and we didn't do that on July fourth. I don't know. So therefore, I, just I tell you what, fly us in on July fifth and let us do what we were going to do on July fourth, and we can have a night day at home. Yeah, I mean, I normally I thought the you schedule assumed was, they would be there. I, I don't know if I'd have been over that schedule, it would have been different. But I'm not over the schedule. Uh, yeah, I mean. It could have been. It was supposed to be a pretty compact schedule. We do a lot of two day shows, and Xfinity does a lot of one day shows. Yep. You know, um, somebody is going to complain if they shorten it up or something. Like we don't need all that practice time because we're people don't really use it. You, you're single car running. I mean, we used all of it that we so could. So, do, do you think that they made the schedule the way it was because they were hoping fans would be at the track on July fourth? I don't know what they were thinking on July 4th, but we didn't have a band playing. We didn't have fireworks going off. And look, if the beaches got their firework thing going off, great. Yeah. Do yours three hours before it. I mean, it gets dark or whatever. I think two hours a, after, I don't care. I think there's a huge opportunity to have some sort of um, – they had a music festival there before, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think there. I think there was a golden opportunity there that weekend, or there is a golden opportunity that weekend there um, to – have some sort of concert in the infield. If you're not going to have a lot of practice that day or you're just qualifying and racing, why not have some concerts leading up to the race, um, a daytime, a handful of daytime concerts, then uh, the race that night, you know? Or The thing is we practiced during the day from 1 to 5. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know if you all know this, but we were planning on night racing. So we could have practiced that night from 6 to 9 and, and accomplished the same thing and had bands playing all day. But if we're going to practice 1 to 5 – Give the fans something to do after that. I mean, have a party. It's July the 4th for crying out loud. People want a reason to celebrate America, and we didn't give them a reason. I, I, that's all I'm saying. I'm surprised yeah. that you weren't complaining about the fact that Friday you didn't really have a ton going on. Friday, the, you know, Friday, it was a frustrating day um, for my race team because we had a, a, a really fast car, and we had to start 16th because we didn't get a chance to qualify because we couldn't do tech because of lightning in the area. So, um, that that was frustrating for for me, obviously on on that front, and then Ross, obviously, you know, they were able to qualify and race. But I mean, there again, you got fans at the track all day, and and man, there was just wasn't a whole lot going on. I don't know. It just seemed like Daytona was more quiet than I've ever seen it. And if it's the last July Fourth race we're potentially ever going to run there, man, celebrate how many great July Fourth weekends you've had. Have every freaking July winter that's still alive down there. Like, do something fun around that, and. and I, maybe it's a budget issue. I don't know. I mean, Chip Wilde is a, is a creative guy. You know, he did some great things at Darlington, and um, they just spent $400 million, I think, on that place. Something crazy. Yeah. Like, let's throw a damn party. It's July the 4th, people. Next yeah. time and you here, plan it. Here's the real thing. It should though. be a festival. Here's the real thing. Those cup drivers on Friday, all they had to do was run one lap, which ended up getting canceled, but that's all that was on their schedule. You could have had all those guys out Thursday night somewhere and had, like TJ said, a big festival. Like, it could have been Well, Talladega does, big. like, that driver thing where they get yeah. them on that. Boulevard. That, yeah, uh, like, something like that. But yeah. They could have done something big with all those cup drivers. Because those cup true. drivers, they didn't have anything to do Friday. I know it's hard. It's hard to get a lot of these guys to commit to stuff like that. But uh, if there's someone that can do it, Chip would probably be a good guy to do it. I don't think um, I think we have it on the, the list here to talk about the lightning at all, do we? Probably. Wow, what do you think? What do you want me to? What, do you, what are we talking about? Because I got a lot. The of, 30, thirty minute is that what we're talking about? Well, some of these people say it's ridiculous. You know that we have to wait thirty minutes when there's a lightning strike within eight miles. I believe is the yes, radius. Eight miles. Um, you know they take a lot of backlash saying it's unsafe or it's you know I, I don't know they people wanted to go. 
I don't recall a lightning policy really being in place until we had the tragedy at Pocono happen. Uh, you know, a guy was killed outside of turn three there during the middle of a, a terrible thunderstorm. And the reality is people are like, oh, man, I wasn't told to get somewhere safe. Well, duh, it's lightning. Um, whatever. Yeah. Not my problem, right? So with that said, we need a lightning policy in place, you know. But at I the agree. same time, is it eight miles? Is it ten miles? You know, we're here in eight miles now, right? So if it's eight miles yeah. and it's a 30-minute strike and it strikes on the on the edge and the storm is going away from you, 30 minutes seems excessive. Like, can't we have – and I don't know if it's an insurance policy thing or, or what, but – can't we have some common sense and go, hey, the storms have been away from us. This time it's only 20. Like, let's be – let's let's yeah. factor that into it. But, I mean, look, we have to have a policy. I don't want to be on the roof with that lightning. Um, no. Mike Herman so, really doesn't want to be on the roof with that lightning. He gets super scared. Yeah, I, I don't – I was getting – I had a couple of tweets um, written that I didn't tweet at the end of it. But there was people giving backlash about saying, hey, there was – you know, that, that lightning was eight miles away. It's perfectly safe, or it's fine. You guys can go ahead. And never for however many years we didn't have a lightning policy. That's no big deal. We're on a roof. I've got kids that I'd like to see again. I don't want to chance this to 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 be out there. And um, I don't. It's not safe for the fans. Like the only. Uh, so I did a little research too on lightning, and lightning does um, can reach up to eight to ten miles. You know, eight miles I think is kind of the cutoff where how far it can reach. You never know where that's going to happen. Nobody has any idea where lightning is going to strike and when. So there's the pop-up, a pop-up storm could be four miles from the track. And then all of a sudden, you know, no lightning. Then all of a sudden everything's greater than lightning right there. It could be even close. I mean, you just can't predict this stuff. No. And, um, I know what you're saying about a clock, but it, it, it could, something could form right there. We, we got to have a policy, but I mean, look, it's just like we talked about on one of the shows last year, a couple of years ago. When things start going haywire with the weather, we typically get no information, right, in terms of, hey, this is what we're doing. This is when the next yeah. update's coming. It's more of a everybody sits around, and we all just start guessing what's going to happen based on our experiences with NASCAR and with the tracks. So we know Daytona takes two hours to two and a half hours to dry. Yeah. We don't know if the lightning policy is eight miles or ten miles. I don't personally care either way, but say what it is, right? If it's thirty minutes every time, say it's thirty minutes. Every time another strike hits, hey, it's another thirty minutes. Hey, it's extended. Yeah. Like the more information you give everybody in they today's did that. world, the they more, were doing that. The more confident the consumer is. Yeah. So I, I, I just think drive information. You know, it, it just when it starts raining. Tell us, like, I mean, we were sitting around there Friday night. We're like, man, are they going to call this thing? Are we going to race? Yeah. Like, say at ten o'clock. Or eight o'clock. You don't get. I'm yeah. making a. De- we're making a decision at eight o'clock, fans, because yeah. a lot of fans leave thinking they're going to call it. They we, get we more make our to- own. We make our own time limits up too. We know that. We know that any place you probably say an hour, hour and forty five to be safe to dry a track just on a great, great day. You know, um, but we know that once it stops raining, an hour and a half, you better be on that roof just to be to be ready. Um, I left the track Friday night. I literally, I was like, man, we're right here at the end of the window of if it doesn't stop raining, they're going to have to call this race because I don't think we'll go green much after 10 o'clock. So I packed up my little stuff. Off I drove back to the beach. I got to the yeah. steak and shake right there on Nova Road. It stopped raining, and I was like, uh-oh. 
Maybe <laughs> it's going to stop raining. And then yeah. you pull up your, your radar on your phone, and it's just like in the last 15 minutes, everything's drying up. So yeah, I turn back around. Going and that's away. how Daytona is, though. Like, in NASCAR's defense, it grows, they, it just, and then like, it shrinks. It'll pop up out of nowhere. It'll disappear out well, of nowhere. Well, my point is, if I left, how many fans left thinking we weren't going to race? A lot. Tell the people at 8 o'clock we're making a decision or something, yeah. because... We're losing people and fans and TV audience because, I mean, I had a friend who went to bed. I didn't think you guys were going to race. But then people are going to complain where if it's 8.15 and it people clears are gonna up. Complain. Tough people complain no matter what. There's people thinking we should have sat around there later last night. There's so much more to making us sit there and wait. That's that's people getting hotel rooms for entire race teams that need to find hotel rooms again because yep. our rooms – that they gotta they gotta put everybody up a game. They, there's so many so many moving pieces. It's not just a Weather's hey, it gonna... quit raining. Let's race now. Well, you yeah. have to plan ahead. Like we have to have somewhere to go and sleep, and we need to like especially just a, trying to find a hotel in Daytona on July Fourth weekend. There's so much more to all this, and you know yeah. it. And Daytona is a tough track to deal with weather at. I mean, it's it's really hard. Uh, Homestead's the same way. Homestead, you see storms off in the distance quite frequently there. But um, I, I thought NASCAR did a good job. It'd be nice to know, like you said, a, a time limit. Like, hey. Uh, Just communicate. Yeah, hey, um, by the way, we're not going to start the race after 10 o'clock. We need to be drying by 8.15. If we're not, we're probably done. Unless there is a window that pop that looks like it's you know get it going away quick. All you got to do is at 8.15, we're going to make a statement. Just, yeah. just just communicate. I mean, we're all... Well, then you know what you're waiting for. We're spoiled because we live in this information world with social media and everything you know, digital yeah. you can find on the World Wide Web. We'll start drying. There, right? We'll start drying when it quits raining. Uh, if not, we'll make a statement at 8.15. We have a new regime of leadership in place, and, and I would love to see them communicate more when we have weather issues. And look, it's not for me. I got a private plane waiting on me to take me home. I got a travel agent that's going to book my room, Jennifer Stimbaris, who does a phenomenal job at Stuart Haas Racing. It's for the fans. Tell them what is happening. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I hear uh, congratulations are in order for winning the Steve Sperrier yeah. football. Go Cox. Are you now, excited? Now we got a football to put with the helmet we've got right here. We got a South Carolina Gamecocks logoed football that the man, the head ball coach, the HBC signed himself. Jason, how much do we pay for that thing? So on um, Pristine Auction, the bid was actually pretty exciting. Everyone kept bidding up for like the whole day leading up to the end of it. So I ended up bidding 100 and no one outbid that. So yeah, it's we worth got 100. it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I had some people tweet me, too, about Pristine Auction saying they got on there. They didn't realize they had as much stuff as they did. Um, so that's kind of cool that people were actually going and checking it out and, and seeing some items of their favorite sports teams or celebrities. Yeah, I'm, celebrities. I'm pretty excited for this week's item. Um, we are bidding on a Bradley. Casey's wedding pictures. <laughs> Honestly, Jared, Jared should consider that. But mm. in reality, we are bidding on a Bradley Cooper signed A Star is Born photo. So. What, what's A Star is Born? Is that that movie? The movie, yeah. That's a great movie. I know. And it's Bradley Cooper. How could you ever turn that down? He's hot. So He's we're going to bid $20 on it right now, and we'll update throughout the show. Dude, that's definitely worth 100 bucks. Oh, way more, honestly. <laughs> Casey, I'll tell her it's like, oh, we're at 100 She's like, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Bid, bid, bid. We Don't you worry. We are going to win this thing. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Thanks. Spot on, you like it, spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either way. First topic, 
Brad Keselowski pledges, I am not lifting after turning Byron in practice. What do you think, Brett? Now let TJ go first because he's going to give you the the biased version of, of what happened, and then I'll give you the real story. <laughs> Anytime a driver backs up what he says he's going to do, I'm going to be spot on with it because most of these guys, when they say they're going to do something, probably 95% of the time they don't do it. I mean, so, um, I, you know, I – I hate that it was practice, and I hate that a car got tore up. Um, but I like when a guy stands behind his word. Spot off, because this is a complete debacle, and the media got duped. They fell for it. Brad Keselowski wrecked William Byron's car on purpose. How do you wreck a car at a plate race? Easily. You get on their left rear. What did Brad Keselowski do? He, he, he drove as hard as he could in that guy's left rear. It wasn't like a crazy block. It wasn't like Brad didn't have other options Back in the day, Tommy Baldwin, Brian Patty, Todd Parrott, crew chiefs that I've all worked for, if that guy would have done that to their car in practice, those crew chiefs would have went down there and knocked his teeth out. So Brad was smart enough, and Brad's a very intelligent guy. He was smart enough to do this on purpose, but then have this whole PR play around it because he's a methodical thinker, you know, and he gets out of the car and he's got this whole story and the media start writing, oh, Brad Keselowski's not lifting. Like, they all fell for it. He wrecked William Byron. He run over that car and tore his car up on purpose. Say what he wants to say about that. I'm not lifting anymore. I literally got texts from people when he got turned in the trial that said, karma's a because he got turned, you know, and then obviously Kevin Harvick didn't wreck him on purpose. Brad didn't do anything to deserve to get wrecked. But the friends of mine were like, yeah, he kind of had to eat crow right there. And, look, I don't want to see Brad Keselowski get wrecked. I, 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 he's a phenomenal plate racer. He's had some bad luck for whatever reason past, you know, year or so. But um, I, I think this was – he knew he was going to tear that car up. He was mad. He was paying him back for something else maybe earlier in the year or whatever that had happened. But smart PR play. He should get PR guy of the week. Interesting. Let's just say that the, the Brad got turned head on into the wall – because of the same situation came up, you're you you might be in a different stance if that's your guy and your head on into the wall though. I didn't. I, I'm not for anybody getting. Well, I'm just head saying though, it, if could, that's the same situation came up, they got Brad turned head on into the wall. Where was is, that at? Daytona, last year, that race, and it Brad was in lifted, the race. It was in the race in turn three. Yeah, Brad lifted for a. A slow block that you're not sure whether to go high or low. And he got wrecked. And he got turned head on into the wall. Yeah. So In the race. In the race, yeah. Not not in practice. No, in the race. Yeah. My my point is this was practice and this was an intentional wreck. Watch watch how far on the left rear he gets. Where do you what do you think they'd rather have it happen in? Guy came out of there with for, a, for the race. Guy came out of there with a second place finish. For the race, they're skinning the game. For for practice, like don't tear up a but, uh, that's, but that's what I'm saying, though. If he does in the race, that guy gets a 35th place finish. So now you he's think, second. You think there's something else that happened, which is why he was retaliating? I think I saw a replay of William Byron wrecking Brad Keselowski somewhere on the video screen. I don't, I don't, I don't recall Brad and him ever having another issue. Maybe I just, not. I remember him getting wrecked last year in that race because he lifted for a guy blocking and the guy behind him didn't lift, didn't didn't lift, and drove through him, and that's why Brad that Brad got turned head onto the wall. That's I'm, why I'm of the belief that he wrecked him on purpose in practice. I'm just saying that a guy. And then he got out and played this whole PR thing, which was good for him. I mean, look, he he he. That was the only thing we had happen 
from the time we all got to Daytona in the Cup Series until we finally took the green flag was Brad Keselowski wrecked William Byron and said he's not lifting. Yeah. And he's, he's a tough guy, and he's driving through people now. Let me, let's also say that if you're going to block at a plate track, and I mean, we'll probably get to this more later too, but um, you need to pick, you need to throw your block and be done and with it. And eat your medicine. You yeah. can't, you can't say, well, I'm just going to gradually kind of cover this up and I'm just going to make, you're just going to lift. It yeah. does, does not happen. And the end result is somebody's probably getting wrecked. If you're going to, you, you need to be precise and decisive on your first move. This is the move I'm making. They might get a run and go on the other side, but that's that's this is the lane I want to be in when it happens. Yeah. So, Ross Chastain wins the Xfinity race with Colleague crossing the finish line. One, two, three. Technically, technically one, two. They did cross the finish line. Well, they did. Two, yeah. Technically, the way okay. Jason has see, this is Fair. very strategic on Jason's part because he wrote he didn't say they officially finished one, two, three. He said they crossed the finish line. Okay. Which is One, pretty two, impressive. That's fair. It was very fan, impressive. They're in a fan in America if they can say that's wrong. It was very impressive. All right. What do you think, Brett? Obviously spot on. You know, Colleague Racing, uh, a very young Xfinity Series team, gets their first win. Their best ever finish before that was fourth in Vegas this year with Austin Dillon, which I would just so happen to be on that team. He had a chance to win there. I wasn't able to pull it off. But what I'm most impressed about is, you know, they're they're beating teams like Penske. They're beating Joe Gibbs Racing, Stuart Haas Racing. They're beating teams that have more engineers than they even have employees. So when you take a guy like Matt Colligan and look at his success story as a businessman and as a guy who's gotten into racing, a guy like Chris Rice, who's the president over there, those two guys have invested a lot of time and a lot of money to build this thing up and make it a winning organization. And now they can say they're a winning organization. And, and TJ and I both know – it's a lot easier to sell sponsorship when you're winning races. It's a lot easier to sell sponsorship when you have drivers that are winning races. They've got Ross Chastain winning races. Justin Haley <laughs> won a race, finished second in the race the day before. Had a Daytona win last year taken away from him. So those guys are on the way up in the Xfinity Series in terms of what they're able to go out and sell. And look, everybody here loves Ross Chastain. I mean, he was just on the show a couple weeks ago. He's winning in everything he drives this competitive and – I mean, he went out and led 49 laps in this race, which is the, the most laps. Won a stage. I mean, it was just super, super fun. Well, exciting race. Very exciting race to watch on was TV. It? Yeah, it was very, it was very awesome. exciting. A lot of um, a lot of blocks, fast blocks. Like, I think the part that was interesting is when you think about somebody like Christopher Bell, who's up there too, the fact that Colleg had three cars in in the top, in the mix the entire time, I mean, that made a huge difference. Well, they had difference. the fastest one pushing all of them. Yeah, but it made a huge difference compared <laughs> to somebody like Christopher or somebody else who maybe didn't have a teammate right there with him to to help him out, I guess. You know, uh, I'm spot on. Uh, I thought it played out right. You got to have luck in these races as well. And there were some wrecks that didn't get those guys. And, and um, I guess there was one AJ, like, drove through the middle of it and didn't hit anything, right? Yeah, there's, you got to avoid wrecks. Um, and those guys raced quite a bit as well, uh, raced each other, which I thought was kind of fun to watch too. So, but they were also there to help each other when they when they needed to, kind of. And that's it played out perfect. You can go back there next year and try to do the same thing, and it could go the complete opposite way, just like that, just as easy as it went. We know? ran for a hundred laps, and TJ will appreciate this. A hundred laps, right? And and obviously I'm spotting, he's driving, and we only missed what I would call two blocks all night. We missed a block in turn two on Michael Annette. 
he was had a pretty big run at us, and I told Ross to get to the bottom, and he said he turned and kind of like bounce, bounce, and he said when it bit, I was afraid he was there, and I said, oh, he, he was there by the time you, you bit. So he missed that block, and then Reddick had a tremendous run on us going into turn three with 13 to go, and he drove around the outside of us, and we were doing everything we could to make that car wide, and he just had too freaking much momentum. If we did anything more than what we had done, we were going to get wrecked, so – when you have a race that you look back on and you go, man, 100 laps, because we're blocking every single corner almost. You go, man, we've got, you know, th- maybe thrown thousands of blocks. I don't know what the numbers are, but we only missed two all night. Like, we did we did pretty good. The only thing that, that I would argue against you there a little bit is your teammate basically, let's, so where's Kyle to get their car? They get, they get that's an RCR, RCR car. They get their uh, their chassis from RCR, and then they do get some body stuff so too. So that, that's the basically an RCR car kind of. Um, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, I mean, in an RCR, it's a, it's it's a supplier RCR yeah. car on the pole for the race because they did qualify, yeah. so they had speed. Oh yeah. So these cars weren't weren't duds. No, they, they know what they're doing, and obviously, um, I don't know the college group at all, but obviously they've they're doing thirty employees. Well, they're they're associating themselves order for their breakfast, and they ask for forty because they have a few people coming by. Yeah. It is yeah. that small. Well, that's yeah. they're associating themselves obviously with the right teams that they need to to be competitive. Um, so this isn't really, uh, you know, they, they, they should be in that area and they showed where it comes to a place like that, that, um, they were going to be very competitive and it was an entertaining race. And, uh, I thought, I thought Ross and AJ did great. Um, I thought Justin Haley did a good job. It was exciting. I enjoyed watching it. For sure. Uh, spot on spot off contact between Clint Boyer and Austin Dillon triggers the big one in the cup race. And TJ, I want you to go first because I know He's Brett probably. Yep. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am spot off because it took us out basically. Uh, even though we didn't get to go back racing, um, still tore our car up pretty bad. Um, I'm spot off because the, there was a class, in my opinion, there was a classic restrictor plate racing mistake made and we i just talked about it a few minutes ago you pick one lane one time and after you decide that that's where you stay you can't half it and then go the other half without you know there's going to be uh repercussions to that and uh to me in my opinion austin threw the block and then tried to throw a second block when there was a there was already a nose there and you can't do that um so I'm spot off for that. Uh, that's my opinion on how the wreck kind of started. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm spot off for the big wreck because we were in it. I'm obviously <clears throat> spot off for it because we were in the process of taking the lead when it happened. And the way things were playing out, the 11 was on the bottom. We were pushing the three. The one was behind us. We had all the momentum up top. So Austin Dillon had one opportunity to get down, which was when he cleared the 11. He didn't take that opportunity. All right, so then I literally said to Clint over the radio, as soon as you clear the 11, shoot the bottom, get to the bottom. You're probably going to know you're clear before I do. And so he, you know, wait a second and a half after I've said that, he shoots the bottom. Well, when he shoots, it looked like to me, and I've only seen it live. I haven't seen a replay because when stuff pisses me off, I don't want to keep watching it. But when he shot the bottom, it looked like to me it kind of gave Austin's rear of his car a little wiggle, and that's when Austin's brain went, "Uh uh-oh. He's leaving me. I got to get to the bottom and protect it. He went down, and we touched, and he got off of us a little bit, and then he went down again, and that's when he completely wrecked both of us, and, and I think we were all the way to his will at that point. And uh, Andy Houston was like, I, th- I think you could have gave me more room. It's like, <laughs> dude, 
Menard and and uh, Denny Hammond literally just had the same scenario play out 20 laps ago, where uh, the 11 was pushing the 21 up through the field, and then as soon as the 11 got clear to the bottom, he goes to the bottom, Menard's done. He drops like a rock. So you have to pay attention to all, the, all those things as the race plays out to – Look, we can watch all the film. We can watch all the replays every single time we go to these places for whatever reason. They race a little bit differently. And we certainly weren't ready for a day race going into the weekend. You know, you can watch all the night races you want. Well, guess what? We ran during the day. So a lot of those things that I saw happen um, was what told me to tell Clint what I thought he should do. He did what was best for him, and the block was too late. It wrecked him. It wrecked a lot of cars, 20 cars, I'd bet. Justin Haley and Spire Motorsports win the cup race by not pitting before one to go. Uh, spot on, spot off. Brett. Man, this is a hard one. Uh, I could talk for an hour about this, I think. Spot on to, for Justin Haley. Uh, good kid. Like I said, had one taken away from him last year at Daytona where he really didn't have a reason to go below the yellow line, but he did. And NASCAR had to make a call, and they did, and they DQ'd him. So a little bit of uh, revenge there for him. I'd have to wonder what he's really feeling inside today because I feel like all day yesterday he probably just couldn't believe that he had just won a race considering he was in a backmarker car, probably never passed anyone all day, maybe not even all year in the Cup Series. I don't know. I mean, that car's not really a competitive piece of equipment, but good for him. Where, where my struggle lies is, you know, NASCAR has to throw the caution because it's for the big wreck, all right? So then we're riding around there, and they open pit road, okay? And then everybody pits, well, not Kurt Busch, he's leading. Not Landon Castle, he's running second. Not Justin Haley, he's running third. But NASCAR typically will tune into radios to see what we're going to do in certain situations. So I'm assuming that they were hearing chatter of the one car saying, when it's one to go, we're going to come top off. Well, they threw one to go. They knew where the storms were. They had to know where the lightning was if they got all this technology. They threw one to go. Well, everybody pits but Justin Haley. So now they probably thought William Byron was going to inherit the lead. Landon Castle and his crew chief were obviously the second worst call because the worst call was Matt McCall and, and Kurt Busch not staying out. They had fuel. They just wanted to be on the same sequence as the leaders because everybody had to get to a point to stop again. But Landon Castle throws the race away. Kurt Busch throws the race away. Now here sits a kid in a business venture you know, that just so happens to be a race team, Spire Motorsports. They go in. They paid millions of dollars for the 78 charter. said six million. I, they paid six million dollars for the charter. They had a business plan that in three years, the six million dollar debt would be paid off based on how much money they're going to spend on the race team and how much money they're going to gross. So three years down the road in 2022, their six million dollar debt has now been eliminated. Everything they continue to make on that car from that point forward is profit, profit right? That's what this team set out to do with this particular car. Um, People have a problem with that. I saw some uh, some media people and fans having a problem with that. Look, I mean, we're still all in the racing business. They just go about it differently than some of the other owners go about it. So there's not a law against what they do. There's not a rule against what they do. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to do it, you know. But, again, I could talk for an hour because there's a lot of different stuff going on with this thing. But I'm really glad for Justin Haley. That's cool. Yeah, you know, I'm. I could be both sizes. I could be spot on because – they won the race. They made the right call at the right time. And the caution was thrown for lightning at that point. So I think um, – I don't think the lightning strike had hit yet before they held the one to go. Tyler said that he was telling his team how close the lightning was from where he was standing. So he was – if the one-car radio was reporting lightning very close to the racetrack. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that, that's – I don't think they sit there and say, hey, we don't want this guy leading – 
Um, well, they don't know who's going to leak. I mean, well, they, they don't know. I, they I don't. Know. They don't make a call by who might pit and who not. Who's not going to pit? They're going to make a call whenever their little. I'm guessing their radar pops up and it shows a lightning bolt within the, their ra- their radius, and that's it. Um, but you know, I'm spot on for Justin for obviously missing the wreck and and um, you know. But it it just the only said he ran 27th all day. He was 27th when going into turn one. <laughs> so the only time I can remember anything remotely like this happening was with the same group almost the, the same kind of related was uh james busher chris busher po- no 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 uh, james, james busher at daytona, at daytona. 2012 oh, there was a big wreck off of four and he was running probably 15th mm-hmm. middle of the backstretch comes off of four and they all wreck front of him and he wins the race so but that's part of it there i mean is that's probably not going to happen anywhere else Everything aligned correctly, and he he won the race. It's a lot of variables, man. There's I, so many, so many variables, uncontrollable. For, well, it's yeah. interesting when you said, um, you know, you tip. They, NASCAR typically listens to kind of what driver or what teams are going to do, but they should on on the on TV. They were saying, I think it was Rick Allen mentioned that you know the lightning strike must not have hit when NASCAR called one to go, and so they. Obviously, then the lightning strike hit, so it was just horrible timing. But is there more strategy? Yeah. Is there more to it that? Well, at that point, when they give the one to go, they know what's going to play out. I mean, they've they've seen it, and then the lightning is so close that you don't have a choice but to throw it because of your policy, right? Yeah. So, it, uh, man, Justin Haley's group made a. Uh, that's got to be the biggest upset in sports history. I don't recall ever seeing a team that that not competitive win anything. Like this is yeah unbelievable. Like, this is this is like something like this is um, it's like a way you know lower uh, like a like a UFC fighter boxer a way lower guy fighting a top ranked guy. Like, it's like TJ be like, beating Mike Tyson. Would be like me fighting <laughs> Floyd, Floyd Mayweather and him breaking his hand and can't go on and I get the win. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's something crazy like that. It's that happened. the biggest upset in sports history. Yeah. I mean, again, this this although I think I could win that. What was the best finish they've had all year before a win? Probably twenty eighth, maybe. I mean, ah, that's probably stretching it too. I mean, these guys are uh, again. TJ, uh, I think Dickerson owns a part of that company too. Um, smart guys, and they Look, brought sponsorship into the sport. I mean, they they yeah. got a plan here, but it certainly wanted to go out and, and win a race. Hey, good good for them though. For everything, everything worked out perfectly. You couldn't plan on any of that stuff happening again. Like I mean, it you, did. You just do the simple math, right? So you know that last place. Is going to earn them about four million dollars a year in in revenue, right? So they paid six for it. They're telling you they want to pay it off in three years. They're telling you they're going to run the company on two million, pay two million back to the bank. Obviously, I'm not including interest. Duh, for all you math majors out there. But long story short, that's what they did. I mean, they they took a business risk, and this payoff was not calculated. So all they're doing now is paying their loan off quicker. Yeah, best finish was 28th at Charlotte this season. Yeah, that's uh. There's never going to be a bigger upset than what just happened right there, ever. And I don't know how. I don't think it can't. This can't happen anywhere but a plate race. A hundred percent true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For to a team of that caliber, because anywhere else they're going to be multiple laps down. You know, at that point in the race. Did you see the poll for how many people liked the race? No, it was like sixty forty liked it. Yeah, but that's also because. NASCAR's hands were kind of they were they're mad about the rain and lightning and stuff man again a lot of variables they, um, whenever you like let's say this if you do take that poll judge it by the racing on the racetrack not the outcome not not the... for variables that can't be controlled 
don't say you didn't like the race because it was lightning within eight miles. That's not fair, really. The race was very exciting, like, the throughout. Cup, the I mean, cup race was awesome. Both of them were Both, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how you can say it was – see, this is why I'm starting to see the polls are influenced by who wins the race, really. Yeah. Other variables other than just the product on the track. Yeah, the, and people well, – don't judge it by – don't judge it by, you know, oh, the, because of the weather – Judge it by what you saw under green flag. Were you on the edge of your seat? Yeah. That's what I would The Xfinity go with. race in February was horrible. You could yeah. not run the bottom. Everybody was so loose. The top line prevailed every single time. We came back, obviously, this weekend, and the Xfinity race at night was phenomenal. You know, um, it just – Man, it's, you just never know what you're going to get with these plate races, but I thought the cup race yesterday was as good of a plate race as I've seen at Daytona in a very long time. Maybe yeah, since good. like 04, 05 even. Agreed. Uh, let's take a break and see what's coming up this week on the Dale Jr. Download. The Dale Jr. Download. Dale Jr. Download. Listen up. When you're done listening to Door Bumper Clear, go listen and subscribe to my podcast, The Dale Jr. Download. This week on the DJD, he won thousands of races and spent years behind bars. The legendary Gary Blue joins us on the download. Plus, catch us on TV Tuesday, 5 p.m. on NBC Sports Network. The Dale Jr. Download, available on major podcast platforms. What is OfferPad? We're the new way homes are sold. We're your online home buyer. OfferPad is the modern selling solution with a human touch that lets you skip all the traditional headaches. Selling to OfferPad means no showings, you pick your closing day, and we'll even move you locally for free. Go to OfferPad.com, enter basic information about your home, and the next day, we'll send you a great offer. It's free and there's no obligation. We want to buy your home, so request your offer today. OfferPad, move freely. TJ, did you see that tweet I sent you a copy of the other day where that guy Jacob on Twitter said that he yeah. listened to our show, big fan of Door Bumper Clear, yeah. and he and his wife are in the middle of buying a home from Offer Pad right yeah. now. Yeah, that's awesome. He um, said he didn't even have to talk to anybody. He just sent the, the information in on the computer and boom. That's awesome. I mean, that, how much easier does it get? It doesn't get any easier. It's the easiest way you to buy a home. You can sell your house without going through an agent. Anybody. Yeah. Offer, right Offerpad.com. You could sell it from your couch. Yeah. I still think you should sell yours. Ah, uh, yeah. Just try it. Just see what you can get for it. They'll make you an offer. Quick, easy. Casey, you want to buy a new house? Yeah, you want the lake, right? I might as well just buy two, honestly. Oh, you moving out already? Wow. Lake house, <laughs> house in the country. Can we just buy a few? Yeah. Don't tell Chad. Chad's got to oh. pay for it. Whatever. Fine. Unless we sell a bunch of those signed wedding pictures on Christine Auction's website. Could be a great business center. Yes, you can use all the offer pad help you can get. Go to offpad.com. Let's go in the fast lane. Three racing questions. One off the wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. Are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. All right, first question in fast lane. Spencer Gallagher tweeted that the draft is as exciting as the drivers are courageous. Do you agree that there needs to be an aggressive driver leading for super speedway races to be exciting? What do you think, TJ? I don't think it has to be an aggressive driver leading. It just depends on the package. Can you get a run? It doesn't matter uh, how aggressive the driver is. If he's leading, control the um, control the pack right. Uh, they got to be able to get runs on them. That that's where the that's. You know your your confidence and courage builds as your car can get runs and make moves. If your car is incapable of doing that, you're not going to have you know good races. But 
Um, obviously, when we're with the right package, uh, you know, those aggressive drivers, aggressive drivers are fun to watch. This tweet doesn't even make sense to me. <laughs> the draft is as exciting as the drivers are courageous. If he's, I don't know, maybe he's not insinuating that the drivers have to be courageous to make it, make it exciting. The reality is they're all already courageous and they have kahunas of steel. Like as TJ just said, I mean, we just said, you, we went to the Xfinity race in February and they couldn't pass. They rode single file to finish the race because they couldn't make moves. These guys are, if they have the ability to make moves based on the era and horsepower package that TJ just alluded to, they're going to do it. Now, if he's saying, that the, the draft is exciting because these guys are courageous, then I'll, I'll, I'll agree with him. But I don't that 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 tweet could go either way. Yeah, I don't. Uh, when you're running third or fourth wide open, what are you going to be able to do? If you're wide open, you're wide open. You're done. Like you're you're stuck there. Um, you know, and I don't. I think all these guys, you know, uh, they're all they're all courageous. So they, if they can get runs, they're going to go. I mean, they need to have the ability to do that. Yeah. You take away the ability for them to have a run, we got no racing. Hmm. Next one. Steve Phelps said NASCAR likely won't reduce the number of cup races on the 2021 schedule. Would reducing the number of races help or hurt the sport, do you think? What about Brett? I actually don't want to reduce the number of races that we run. What I would like for them to do, though, is tell me what races we're going to run and where they're at because I'm working on some sponsorship stuff, and it's hard to have those conversations with teams and with sponsors when you don't know when we're going to be in what markets and how many races we're ultimately going to do. Let's look at this, though. You know, Drivers and sponsors already have contracts in place with various teams. I can't imagine that Kyle Busch and M&Ms don't already know how much money they're spending and all that stuff. So when you go in and you reduce the number of races – Wow, you put the team in a hell of a bad spot. Now they got to go back and say, M&Ms, you don't have to pay us as much money, which ultimately says we got to do an addendum to our contract. You can really put a team in a bad position if you start taking away the number of races. I would love us to see 13 weeks, one break, 13 weeks, one break, go for 10 and be done. Hey, I don't um – I like how it fluctuates a little bit. I don't I think taking away races is a bad idea. I think running them um I think there's some things we can do in more prime times. Like we rained out of Michigan, we ran that thing at five o'clock and had a pretty good audience for it. Yeah. Uh there's something to that. There's something to why we all sit down and watch Monday night football. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe a Wednesday night NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Why not? You know, I think keeping the amount of races the same. But, uh, you know, changing, you know, compacting the schedule. Are you barefooted right now? I'm definitely barefooted. Don't you touch me with your feet, dude. Like, I'm good, oh, I'm good with you okay. doing anything else. Don't put your feet on the answers. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to disagree with you guys, but there's been a lot of talk about how expensive the sport is and how teams are struggling. So, you know, a, a lot of people are saying, and I actually kind of agree with this, you know, shortening the schedule makes it less expensive, more reasonable for teams. I mean, do you see that as being kind of a a good way of helping it price-wise for, for others? I think when you, you bring up what you said, I don't, because I look at the race running as an opportunity to make a sale. I think within what you say, though, of what a weekend consists of, there's a lot of ways to save money. You know, just what we talked about for Daytona. You know, if we go down on Friday morning instead of Thursday morning, we could change that schedule around and still get the practices in, still get the qualifiers in, still get the race in that night. And save the teams a lot of hotel money, a lot of rental car money, a lot of per diem money. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars per team that we can save just on one day. So I don't really look at the, the number of races that we run and say, 
I want to save money and not run as many because I, I, I'm a sales guy. I'm a marketing guy, right? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it that way. All right. Now, halfway through the season and heading to another one-and-a-half-miler at Kentucky, grade the 2019 Cup Series aero package at the different types of tracks. You know, super speedways, one-and-a-half-milers, short tracks, road courses. Uh, TJ? Um, you know, I got to give it a – I'm going to give it a B. I think it's produced some great racing. Um, we don't have guys driving away. We don't have guys leading by six, seven seconds, and they're just gone. We've had, you know, the racing, you know, obviously it pays to be the leader, but I've seen, I've seen the leader get run down, passed, and then passed back at a mile and a half with this package. Also, incredible restarts, man. On, on insane restarts, way entertainment factor has to be high uh, because of this, you know, package and what we're doing. I think it could use a little more fine tuning, but I, I'll go with a B. Super Speedways an A plus, one and a half milers a C because the restarts are phenomenal. Short tracks, uh, solid B, road course, and F because someone had an idea to change Sonoma for the worst. And I hope we get to Watkins Glen and we put on a hell of a show because that's a great racetrack. And you can't compare our road course package to what we just saw at Sonoma. There was way too much on throttle time. That's not on the package. That's on the layout of the road course. Yeah, I mean, one thing, one quick note about Sonoma is taking running the carousel – erased a passing zone in my opinion in at the old sonoma four you either you either backed four up and got a good run out or you overdrove hoping the guy doesn't get to you because four is a passing zone or you overdrove it you know and then the guy's got a good the guy behind you backs up and gets a good run off and he's on you in seven so i think uh i think sonoma could go back to the other way but yeah i'm we're trending in the right direction in my opinion this one is an off-the-wall question from Kayla. <laughs> Good one, actually. If you were arrested with no excl- explanation, what would your friends and family assume you had done? Brett, you're first. Probably a decent exposure. I was just about to say that. <laughs> Probably I had too much Patron and I got naked. Tequila makes your clothes fall off, <laughs> I think. Someone said. Is this from experience? No. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Man, that's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and assume that it's probably something really bad because I'm usually I'm pretty quiet and uh, don't go out a whole lot and stuff. But it, those are the, usually the ones that you worry about. You know, it's something that big that TJ, pops up. You you are the you would be the king of obstruction of justice. <laughs> like you, you need your own T-shirt that says TJ like obstruction, obstruction of justice. justice. Yeah, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that means you broke law though? <laughs> yeah, that means I'm in trouble. Obstruction is a big word. Yeah. <laughs> I've obstructed justice. Casey, what would you get arrested for? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Maybe obstruction of justice as well. I'm not really sure. I would say so- shoplifting because I love shopping, but. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's probably actually. Oh, my gosh. Don't get arrested. It's not fun. <laughs> I don't plan yeah. on it. I got a, I got in trouble once in Rock Hill um, for drinking underage, and that guy let me go, but he gave me a ticket. It was like $400 ticket, and we're talking, I didn't have $400, and then I got in trouble in Myrtle Beach. I got in a fight. No way. Of course he did. Yeah, it's been night jail. What about you, Jason? They sold T-shirts. I've been in Myrtle Beach jail. <laughs> Do you have it? No, it wasn't that great of an experience. 
I didn't want a T-shirt to remember it. Trust me. I went to Merle Beach this week and just you get locked up. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that, Jay. I was visiting it now. I, I almost got locked up in freaking Pageland because we were throwing water balloons in high school. And my cousin, Shannon, sped up. And all of us threw water balloons at the same time. And it busted her windshield out. And so she calls her dad. Her dad comes down there. And he's like, take them all to jail. Shannon starts crying. You can't send Brett to jail. He said, my cousin. That's my uncle. So take me to jail. I was like, are you kidding me? So we had to all pay for it. That's a lot of water balloons. It was like three. I think it was it, a bad windshield. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, mm. it, I'm telling you, though, when it hit it, it was like. Oh, I'll bet. Like, uh-oh. Mm. <laughs> that just got expensive. Yeah. Well. I'm a typical guy from a small town. We just know how to have fun. We don't get arrested. Clearly. Except for one time. Except for one time. Let's hear some more about our uh, great partner, pristineauction.com. PristineAuction.com is an online auction site with tons of cool, authentic, and affordable memorabilia. (laughs) I mean, they offer numerous different types of auctions as well. Daily auctions with bids starting at just $1 and nightly and rapid fire 10-minute auctions. I I mean, how about a a 10-minute auction? You know at 10 minutes you're going to win it or not. You know what gets on my nerves is when I go out to eat and I say, I want to get a cheeseburger... With no tomato, add avocado. And they're like, well, that's going to be a dollar charge. I didn't ask you if you thought I had a dollar. <laughs> At pristineauction.com, a dollar will actually buy you more than avocado. So go to pristineauction.com. <laughs> <laughs> and check out, uh, they also have various NASCAR items to bid on uh, for really low prices. Yeah, these are some that have gone recently for some pretty low prices. So Ryan Blaney's was only uh, $7.94. $0.94. $7.94. Um, it's a lot you know, of avocado. Yeah, it is a lot of a lot of that. <laughs> I don't eat that anyway. But um, you know, Kurt Busch signed a Tona 500 winning 11 by 14 photo, 9.45. And Brett's favorite sport, women's soccer, they just won the World Cup. And an autographed picture of Kristen Press, who scored a goal against England, went for just twenty seven dollars and thirty cents. I bet it's worth a little bit more now. I bet Kurt Busch photo would have sold for more if he just stayed out yesterday. Yeah, he probably would have. Ooh. Like it's quick and free to register, free to bid, and you only pay when you win. As a DBC listener, enter the registration code CLEAR. That's for you guys that can't spell CLEAR. C L E A R. Into the very first box of the registration page. Also, as a New Year's Eve, you'll get an immediate five dollar, uh, five dollars for your auction credit to spend. Um, so really, signing up, you could probably get. Some avocados. The Ryan Blaney photo would have only cost you $2.94 with a $5 auction credit. So if you love DBC, go check them out, pristineauction.com. That's P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. Don't forget the registration code. And our collection is growing, obviously. Uh, Got our Bill's helmet? We got our Bill's helmet right here. Um, Hopefully a Bradley Cooper signed photo uh, soon. Casey's hoping it grows by one item here. Bradley Cooper's coming next week. We'll see. Yes. Ask DVC. First question is from Brendan370ZZ. Do you guys feel like the manufacturer alliances are hurting the super speedway product? What do you think, TJ? Um, I, yes and no. It's, it makes it for a, um, a less exciting race for the guys that are really aggressive and can, um, that can work their way to the front. You know, the, it's hard for the cream to rise to the top when you're when you're trying to stay with a with your group you know but i feel like the way this is trending it's strength in numbers um and i don't see it going away 
but it, there's still super speed racing. Guys are going to pull each other apart with a side draft. They're going to uh, that stuff's still going to happen. I thought the race was still pretty exciting, um, even with all that in there. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think the alliances are very important around the timing of when we're making green flag pit stops. I think that you saw yesterday the Fords pit together. The Fords came out with the lead. The Chevrolets with this particular package and Toyotas got together, ran us down pretty quickly. I don't think it's at all um, hurting the super speedway product. I think it just changes the strategy of the race. We, we, still, we still have one goal, you know, and that's for our team to win the race. And then if we can't win, I certainly would much rather push a Ford to victory lane on Sunday than I would the other two manufacturers for, for obvious sure. reasons. So, um, I mean, look at what Clint and Austin Dillon and, and Denny Hamlin, that's who was first, second, and third yesterday when the big one happened. You had a Toyota, Chevrolet, and a Ford. So if, if these manufacturer alliances were us getting around out there and in line and riding single file, uh, you, you wouldn't have had that happen. So I can't, I can't uh, say that Brendan and I agree with you here. Next one is from Tomberlin58. Which will happen first, another low-budget cup team win or a Gamecock victory over the Tigers? Brett? I think we beat them in baseball last year. I can't remember if we beat them in basketball. We certainly didn't beat them in football. They've had uh, two phenomenal quarterbacks with Deshaun Watson and now this long-haired kid that looks like a girl that can throw the hell out of a football. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, I think, is his name. But um, apparently this guy's a Clemson fan, so I'll just answer with kiss my ass. <laughs> He didn't mm. specify football. I was thinking football, but I didn't see him. Yeah, he's smart yeah. enough. He, he's not smart <laughs> enough to specify football. Yeah. Because he went to Clemson, probably. <laughs> oh, man. One cow town. Be nice. <laughs> they go, that's what they do for fun. They go cow tipping at night. Look who's talking. You guys just talked about water balloons at a car. We went to five points at night. It was fun. Uh, well. <laughs> Moving along. Next one from... Ro Boykin or Rob Boykin uh, TJ mentioned watching film last week what is your typical week like do spotters usually attend team meetings TJ I'll let you answer that one I think every organization is different uh, I know a lot of spotters that go to meeting you know competition meetings they go sit in or go to their um, their team meetings weekly um, I don't I don't have a meeting at the shop weekly that I attend most of my contact is with the driver, um, with Joey, and going over things. What we saw, me and Joey will talk once or twice a week before we get there. Um, we meet on Mondays a lot and sometimes go over some film stuff, talk about the last race, talk about the upcoming race, just what stood out last time. Just takes away a little bit of uh, – get, gets us more familiar with where we're going and you know what, what just happened or anything we can work on more. Um, that That's, you know – the spotter and the drivers are more connected than anything because uh, they're the ones talking back and forth on the radio and stuff. You know, it doesn't really concern me or Brett, I'm sure, what what pa- what kind of package they're going with, how the car is supposed to handle. I like to know what are, we're kind of looking for a little bit just to see Joey's comments on the car, how it's handling, because I kind of know what kind of – I know what Joey drives the best, what kind of handling car he's fastest with, but they could show me a, set, a, a setup sheet and I could – really have i have no idea what most of it means nowadays and uh that's up that you know that that's above my head on that yeah team meetings no not really Uh, i work directly with clint just as tj does with joey and i work directly with booga the crew chief on you know strategies fuel windows knowing when and what those things are and you know those things are playing out more so a lot of times during the race on channel two i'm constantly telling him what i see the car doing 
telling Clint, obviously, what moves need to be made there on the racetrack. But for us, I mean, that's really the two primary people we're working with. Air pressures, you know, setups, shocks, springs, none of that means anything to what, to what you know, we bring to the table as spotters. It's nice to know what your plan is for the weekend, though, sometimes, what you're looking for in practice. Um, it's nice to know that stuff sometimes, but, yeah, we don't – it's not imperative for us to go and, and talk about, you know, setup stuff, what hand, what made the car handle this way and stuff like that. It doesn't do us much good. Nope. Next one is from Matt Delaney, 513. What kind of race should we expect at Kentucky this weekend? So far, they've seen mixed results across all races this season. How about you, Brett? Dry. I just want dry. <laughs> and not to get freaking wrecked again. Deal. I think Kentucky is going to be interesting. It has some characteristics to it. The entry entry to three is kind of, kind of weird there. Um, it's kind of narrow, but you want to run the bottom, but it's hard to run the bottom. I think uh, guys that can turn off the wall down in a three and get to the bottom are going to have a pretty good advantage to that place. Uh Air-wise, because the, the groove isn't as wide as I'd like to see at Kentucky. Um, but, I don't know, we'll see. This package is surprises of places, and it, some places we went to, and we thought it was going to be one way, and it was the complete opposite. So, Glad it's a night race. I think that helps yeah. this package. I've said that a hundred times on here. Uh, this question is from Rational Fan 9 for Brett specifically. Where should I go for my bachelor party that is driving distance from North Carolina? Myrtle Beach, dude. That's a stupid question. <laughs> load up the load up the, your buddies and go to Myrtle Beach. I don't know where you're at in North Carolina, but uh, that's a good time. Nashville's not far. That's I was about where to Casey say Nashville. went. <laughs> Asheville, North Carolina, is actually awesome too. Um, that would be my top three. Depending upon the time of year, Savannah, Georgia, isn't a bad idea either. Ooh, I hear that. Charleston's nice. more like a couple's town. I feel like you know, like it's a great adult destination. A lot of great food and, and, and bars and restaurants there. But I feel like it's more of a not nightlife. No, single. I'm really no. surprised that you. Why? Wow, where'd you? Where'd you want? I'm to? really surprised that you just didn't tell him not to get married. <laughs> <laughs> Misery loves company. Go ahead, bud. <laughs> you have Brett's permission. <laughs> Proceed with the wedding. Please post. <laughs> Please post your entire photo album after the wedding. Oh, yeah, yeah. please. I just, Highly recommended. Yeah, for the solid Shh. next 10 years of your life after your wedding, just keep Facebooking and tweeting and Instagramming your photos that everybody wants to keep seeing. We can do it together. From your magic You post, day, I'll post. From the, from the day that your wife and her family is going to, your future wife and her family is going to waste the most money they've ever wasted in their life for Make sure you tag Brett. He clearly loves it. Of your life. <laughs> Casey, I'm sorry to point this out, but you do have your video wedding video linked in your Instagram bio when my friends pointed that out. Oh. Um, yeah, I do. I paid good oh, money for it. That's her. Love that video. <laughs> Jason. I'm sorry. I thought it was really funny. My friend you pointed were, it out last night. Okay. I don't understand. Are you like on a bandwagon? Are you like a bandwagon fan or something? Because you were just saying how... So many people were behind me Casey, and all this earlier. He's a Kyle Busch fan. Shut this up. It's true. This is just, true. Leave it at that. This is true. Not true. It's fake. It is true. Your fake buddy news. Andrew told me about your t-shirts and stuff. Oh. I don't... Th- well, that was... Oh, a- uh, uh, uh. I have a whole story to explain this, but we have to get done so we can do Dillard's video. So. Uh, what about Arant? Anything? Coming soon. TJ? So, Brett, I have a question for you. <laughs> yes. what I've been saving this. <laughs> what is it? It's a great one. I've, uh, you know, I know you're very... Um, vocal on social media about certain things it's got a photo ready and everything yeah, oh, yeah. this was great Can't you know I, I found this we, we come across this 
tweet that you posted in 2017. What is it? 17? Uh, How'd you find that? From the Xfinity <laughs> Racing handle. I had help. You must have been um, bored. So Xfinity Racing account says, you know, best out of the bust out the watermelon, Raw Shastain gets his first career top five, top five in fourth. Your response to this was, this guy has prob never loaded a watermelon truck in his life. <gasps> I was wrong. It, and actually, I'm not <laughs> you wrong. You are such a bandwagon actually, listen friend. To me. Not, <laughs> listen to me. I'm from the watermelon capital of the world. Okay, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, he hasn't loaded a truck. They have school buses that they load all these watermelons <laughs> in. So I'm probably not wrong about this. But I thought that was pretty funny that you know you're kind of you're down on the guy because you were mad at him then, and now, and now you're like best friends with now him. Now you're the you're the leader of the Ross hmm. Chastain train. Funny how that works out. I love it. I, when that came up, I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Honestly, I think it just goes off of the fact that Brett has to have something to complain about, something to rant about. It what? could be the stupidest thing in the world, and you might hate a person one day and then be their best but friend. That's what sports you is. Are, isn't it? You're being, but you're biased right now because of the wedding picks. You, damn right I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're biased right now. That's a hey. Listen to me. I said on this podcast probably four years ago I would never spot for AJ Allmendinger, and I'm gonna spot for AJ Allmendinger at Road America. So. Like things change in sports, man. You, I'll have to search that you, one you, next. Uh, <laughs> you you live in this world where you know we we're happy with one another, we're mad at one another, we we go drink a beer with one another after it, and you get over it. Like I mean, that's part of sports, and it's it's unique to our industry because we all travel so close together. And and I mean, look, you can be mad at a guy, and the next week the guy's sitting beside of you on an airplane, and you're like, Stop see, this up. goes back to show you that. If Brett's got you blocked on Twitter, there's still hope. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I blocked some idiot last night. I don't doubt that one bit. Yeah. What do you say? Uh, I don't care who wins as long as it's not a Stuart Haas racing car. Uh, I'm like, well, I don't care blocked. who tweets me as long as it's oh, not Oh, yeah. You. They tagged me in that. He gone. Yep. <laughs> yep. Won't hear from that guy again. Somebody tagged me oh, in that. Oh, my gosh. All right. Anything else? Should we do our DBC picks? <laughs> wow. <we>? I mean, <laughs> good Lord, man. <laughs> You got about eight races <laughs> until just, just like the last resets. year. I'm gonna have one before the playoff even starts. This is ridiculous. <laughs> You're in trouble this week too. I Kentucky. You. Oh my god! Trouble. I got nobody to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> the, the worst case scenario happened right there for me. Uh, the big wreck, yeah, and we were in it, or the car I picked was in it. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I'm gonna go with. Uh, This is really bad. Nobody left. This I is mean, awesome. you only have. I got some guns left right here. Go you ahead. Got two guns left. Two guns. Two guns. Yeah, I got three guns. Two really. Two yeah. and a half. I got. How uh, many races are left, Jason? Eight, I believe. Ooh. Ooh. Gonna He's gonna have a chance then to no, maybe get yeah, back because once like we five. after the after these next two weeks, once Corey LaJoy and Michael McDowell go head to head one week for y'all, yeah, y'all have a chance. Um, I am gonna go with. Austin Dillon. That's a pretty good pick. Austin I mean, Dillon. They they qualify extremely well. They've had some speed, but I'll take Ryan Blaney to outrun him. Yeah, Ryan's good there. I got no. Penske's good there. Keselowski's always been. I think this is Keselowski's best track. It was before the roll change, though. The package will change that up. Yeah. Who's sure. the overall favorite? You think Keselowski still? No. Uh, I mean, uh, look, this I is mean, different. different we've, we've had Penske, 
and Joe Gibbs Racing and Spire Motorsports win races this year. Hendrick. And Hendrick. Yeah. So, like, I mean, how do you – I think Kentucky's different than Chicago and Kansas. I think it's a little different than those. It's, it's, got, it's got more bumps to me. It's got a little more characteristics to it. So it's a it's, rough riding racetrack. It's going to be harder to just have that raw speed like, you know, some of the – like the HMS cars are showed at mile and a half now where they just have tons of speed. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, quick, give me a movie to watch because I haven't watched it in a couple of weeks. Didn't we give you like 20 yeah, options? Yeah, they gave me some options. Yeah. Which one do we want them to pick? Which ones have you not seen, Jason? I haven't seen Shaw, Shank Redemption, oh where that gosh. is. You have to see that one. That's a really good one. It's not uh, funny, but it's good. I haven't seen, what was the one Freddie said? Um, Super Bad. That looked funny. Uh, Kingpin, Billy Madison, Forrest Gump, Shawshank Redemption. Um, super bad. I probably just need to watch Shawshank Redemption. Did you ever watch the Muppet movie that Billner <laughs> suggested? No. <laughs> you didn't watch it? I didn't really know what it was. I suggested I forgot the name. <laughs> yeah, I'd Muppet never heard movie. of it. Like Fraggle Rock? <laughs> I remember the <laughs> Fraggle Rock. That's funny. <laughs> All right, I'll do Shawshank Redemption. Will you say it right? Is that the one How with Morgan Freeman Shaw- in it? It's Shawshank. It's one word. Shawshank. 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 Is that yeah. Morgan Freeman in that? Y'all know Jason? Who's Jason? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Our producer, Casey, Jason. Casey Boat. Yeah, Bob Pockrass. <laughs> Is Morgan Freeman in that movie or not? Yes. Okay, I've, I've seen that movie. That's yeah. a good one. I don't yeah. remember names of movies. It's just not, I don't care about the names. It's are. really good. Hey, I watched really a documentary good. this week called The 7 5 out of New York Dirty Police Officers. Oh. Holy cow. This guy was crazy. Interesting. I love documentaries. You got to see the Mike Tyson one. Just don't watch the Motley Crue one on a commercial airplane. <laughs> oh yeah, you said that. Not, not suitable. No, not at all. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. The post Daytona crash fest that we had. Yep. Yeah. Our uh, Bradley Cooper bid still going strong on Pristine yes. Auction. Twenty dollars. So we'll actually expires in two days. So we'll keep bidding. And if anyone else has recommendations of things that we should bid on, let us know. Yeah, please outbid Casey because I don't want the Bradley. Cooper. <laughs> what are you talking about? Nobody. We want to win. Nobody here I'm wants. I'm going to put it right next to your seat. Nobody wants that here, but you and Jason. I want to hear because I like that movie. Jason, Thank you. Jason I, wants it. I no, I'm gonna bid on some Patriots stuff eventually. I'll bet that and <laughs> Skittles and Eminem stuff, right? Nope, false. All right, cool. Well, have a great week, everyone. We out. Peace. Holla, deuces. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.